Welcome to the Rob Your 20s podcast. This is your host, Morgan. Join me as I sit down with one of my good friends, Zach, as he shares his experience writing and producing music. We talk about mental health and how we navigate through hard times. Order yourself some food, sit back, and enjoy this convo. That was crazy, and now we're still here. I know. Still in quarantine. Still in quarantine. We've been locked down for a hot sec, but... um. At least like you made it to were... New York. I know, right? Well, that's what I was thinking about. Is I, we'll probably get back into this, um, but I was thinking about just like how stuff shifted um, over the course of like a year, and mm-hmm. you know, even when we were signing everything, we didn't know, right. you know, what was going on. Everybody was like, "Oh yeah, we'll be closed for like two weeks." I remember um, when I was working in a restaurant at the time, um, signed that apartment in New York on like the sixth, something like that. Came back on like a Saturday of that week, um, and I was supposed to work Monday the twelfth. And um, we were like, oh, yeah, haha, like everybody's blowing us out of proportion. And now it's February 24th, 2021. But you're right. At least we're I am here. here. So like that still happened. We're still thriving. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like, I mean, I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but it seems like you've been able to still do stuff. Like you put out a new song. You've been working with new people. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been really interesting trying to do this during the pandemic um it's a a little bit more difficult you know when i pictured being in new york i was focused a little bit more on the live show aspect of it which Mm -hmm. another crazy thing if we're talking about a year having passed like it's been exactly a year i mean a couple days passed since the concert in somerville yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's crazy crazy. yeah that That night was so much fun and that it was great, and I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it too. Um, I think you were you were in the video I posted on Instagram. Um, just I think like it was on just the like side, singing by myself. <laughs> yeah, there's also another video of um I was doing uh, I think make up your mind, and I can't tell if it was I can't tell if it was you or if it was Julia, but one of you shouted, and it sounded like I can still not distinguish which one it was, but it was one of probably you. both. <laughs> Might have been both of you. Um, True. But yeah. It, to think about the fact that that was like February 8th and I don't even know how much now I think about it and I'm like how much of us like how much were we focused on like pandemic like did we really know what was going on were we like have we heard of it yet like huh when did these things become a thing um but yeah anyway so New York I had pictured that I'd be doing more of that Mm -hmm. uh being here but honestly it's been it's been pretty good it's still crazy how even with everything shut down things move so fast here it blows my mind well i mean that's a good thing though that's why you're there i think it's just like um i my day-to-day is is basically i know this is well i'm probably getting ahead of everything but i'm just thinking about this in general just keep going (laughs) yeah we'll just get into it um (laughs) the day-to-day for me is like i still have a day job you know like i'm here to do music but obviously as as an artist our our incomes everything we've done has shifted um Mm -hmm. so like i'm working but like typically my week is like I work three or four days a week um, down in Soho. And then the days that I'm not in work, I'm like in my room. So I'm under my bed right now. Like mm-hmm. this is just like I'll describe it out for people because I don't know if anybody will be able to see it. But like I'm under my bed. I have my desk here. All my studio stuff's in front of me. Um, so I'm doing the usual shit, you know, like I'm producing everything, doing what I usually do, writing. But uh, during the pandemic, I got super into social media for like two or three weeks. And I met this guy, his name is AJ. Um, just by happenstance, he is a recording engineer, um, 
in New York City and he and I connected and now I work out of an actual studio to like record everything nice that's so, awesome yeah that's, that's awesome I remember cool. your uh, your bedroom in East Boston you had like yeah random like sound panels on each wall like what because yep. you recorded your second album I could, so that was my first um, your first album basically all in that yeah and now all the panels I took them all back and they're all in front of me <laughs> amazing so it's a little more better because we had super high ceilings in Eastie. I should have done that room differently. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. So that's the exciting thing is, um, you know, even if I'm not playing shows right now, I am like working on album number two. So we haven't even announced it yet, but like we'll consider this the, the official announcement that there is a second oh, album so in the works. Exciting. I can't yeah. wait. And like it is. Oh, it's so exciting. And I feel like you're going to love the title. I feel I don't even know how to lead up to the title. The working title right now is Yuppie. Um, and it's probably going to be the final title as well. That's so, so like, exciting. I feel like it describes me very well. I know, yeah, right? It does. Um, it really does. Okay. So before we keep going on this topic, let's tell the people who don't know you who you are. So everybody, this is Zach. <laughs> Hi, I'm Zach. Um, I'm trying to figure out the, the, best business school elevator pitch to like give to everybody no, we've thrown that out the window one of our uh classmates actually reached out to me about starting a podcast the other day and he was like yeah. did you start a business plan or did you create a business plan and i was like please don't tell anyone but now <laughs> <I'm just here. laughs> what's the point too like i feel like first of all i this is now the second podcast you've done it um is. first of all title wise like rob your 20s is brilliant and Thank you. obviously leave it up to you to do some smart marketing shit with it. But like, I was listening to the one with your cousin today. I listened to the one with Jonathan the other week and I just love how you do this so much. So I am so excited. First of all, to be here. Um, I can't you believe I'm your first plan. podcast. I feel so <laughs> yeah, honored. This is my first podcast. That's yeah. so weird oh, to so me. You've like, done so much cool shit. I'm so excited. I know. I, it's always been on my list. I'm that guy who will like take a shower and like, just like talk to myself. Like I'm on a show. Oh, uh, that's I, how I, I do get that all the concise. time. Yeah. Thank I God. Give, like, right? I always feel like I I'm give crazy. like fake speeches all the time. And then like back in the day <laughs> when I actually like would give speeches, I'm like, okay, if I yeah. did this again, like what would I say now? And I just like, I'm constantly like talking to avoid. So yes. I understand. Oh, I do that too. Um, yeah. So thank you uh, for validating me and for having me. Um, nice. Whoever said business plan was a thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, do you have any, like, end game for it? Is it just, like, I'm just going to do this for fun because it's, like, a nice outlet? Yeah, that's exactly. It's something that, you know, I had wanted to do, which is why I started the first one. And that one fizzled out. The pandemic made it harder. And it definitely wasn't going in the direction that I wanted it to go in. So I wasn't necessarily mad when I realized that it wasn't going to continue on. Um, And then I just kind of kept stewing for, like, months over it. And you obviously know Sean and this is now the fourth yes. episode I've mentioned Sean on. So everybody, I was going to bring up Sean at some point anyway, because <laughs> everybody miss him will I hope meet Sean at some point, <laughs> but like, I just spent months of like saying like, I want to do this. I want to do this. And then, you know, I threw around a couple of other ideas and like having other people involved. And he was like, why? Like you want to do this. Like, you know, what goes into it, just do it. Um, yep. So, I mean, like, yeah, I want to grow it and I'm kind of working on ways to do that, but mm-hmm really and and you know me and I've always just been this like person that loves to sit down and have meaningful conversations no matter like the time of day or where we are um so I just kind of wanted to bring that to a slightly larger audience 
yeah, I think that's great too because I remember one of the, one of the early things too is um you used to blog too. And so I feel like this is just like a good secondary outlet for you to get kind of like all the extra sort of creative stuff out and just do something that's separate from everything else. You know, right. I think a lot of people don't have enough outside hobbies now. Um, and especially when people should too, I think people have kind of realized that, you know, there's so much more that you can do outside of work and stuff like that. And you've always been somebody who's done everything because yeah. you carry a crazy amount of stuff and like a crazy workload, but that's also because you're super driven and dedicated. And I love that you do this because I think this is like the perfect, it just makes so much sense for you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And yeah, I got yeah. into like a really bad rut with work, like work got so busy. So I essentially mm -hmm. like didn't leave my desk for like months on end and if I did it was like to watch like one show like I wasn't like yeah. doing much and I was like I hit the point where I was like that's not fair to you anymore you need to like learn how to log off and walk away and do something that you enjoy and talking to people and writing and social media is what I enjoy yeah even if and that's... it's still what I do for work so it's like the per it's hey that's okay all that matters is that you like it as long as you're not yeah. sitting there being like well I hate marketing but I guess <laughs> no. I'll just do that on the side because you know nothing else is going on no it's it's right it's the perfect right. perfect thing. right um okay so back to you <laughs> back to me well you're a musician you you started yes. to go into that tell the people like who you are as a musician how yes. you got into it and like how you have made it your whole life cool so I also have a hard time talking about myself weirdly um so that's why I'm like yeah this is who who am I like who am I though um we're gonna backtrack the little little trip down a uh, memory lane I took music yes. lessons when I was a kid okay this is like the bare bones story uh, what kind of music piano. lessons okay oh I wanted to do guitar no just that's a lie I wanted to do violin oh, uh, wow. but I don't know why I know right who would have thought um it doesn't fit me, so I'm glad I didn't. It's not part of my aesthetic, um, you know, important shit. But, but uh, my parents, for some reason, violin didn't pan out. Like, I never even had a lesson. So my parents got me into piano. Don't know what their logic was. Um, but somehow I ended up doing that for, like, two or three years. And I was, like, I was like three and probably ended when I was, like, six or seven. So I don't really remember what the timeline was, but what I do remember is that I honestly hated it. <laughs> so um, I just like didn't really stick with it. And that was interesting too, because I was listening to your cousin's podcast today, like I said, and uh, she was talking about like not forcing her kids to do things. Mm -hmm. And I think that was like the best thing that my parents did for me was to not force me to now being older. It's the same thing I feel about foreign languages. It's like, Oh, I wish they did. Cause I would have been so much better. Right. Um, right. Yeah, but like I had the music foundation and piano as a kid. Um, when we moved back up, this is when I lived in Georgia. When we moved back up to Massachusetts, um, I just like had a music production class, I think, in sixth grade. Um, oh, that's cool. Just started doing it as a hobby. That's yeah, it was, it's like something totally out of left field that I think a mm -hmm. lot of people didn't have that random like unit. Yeah. Um, but I did it at my house afterwards because my dad got like one of those old do you remember those old like silver macbooks with the button that you push and it like opens up yeah yeah the og um he had garage band which is a, a a digital audio workstation a daw um on there and so i was just ended up messing around uh with that and then eventually 
you know, I kept on working on stuff, upgrading software and like developing things. And if I was like 12 at that point, I got to the point, I think our freshman year at Suffolk, where the things I was just producing were like leagues ahead of anything that I had made before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that kind of like put things in motion. I had some contacts that worked in like video production, stuff like that. They started licensing music of mine um, for like ad spots. And, you know, I think it's kind of like the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours thing where I just spent enough time doing everything that I got to a point where it was pretty effortless to like make something because Mm -hmm. I had done it for so long. Um, And that's gotten me, you know, in like all sorts of crazy spots and on like television and on these brand placements. I've done stuff for like Victoria's Secret, Delta, the Bravo Network. And this is like so many things that I honestly don't think about. Um, But it's like kind of unheard of, which is pretty Mm -hmm. cool because I was doing that at like 20. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So long story short, um, I am a musician. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of stuff like a lot of production music. But the main thing here is to get everything, you know, to where I'm a performing artist, you know, back on stage, touring the world, blah, blah, Coachella, woohoo, life is great, music festival, whatever. Oh, I want tickets. That's the vibe. <laughs> oh, of course you will. There's no possible way that you won't get them. Like, imagine, imagine how cool, how much of a full circle moment it would be in, like, three or four years when shit is recovered and mm-hmm. we're just, like, at, like, Boston calling and I'm like, hey, come through. Oh, like, I, I'll be there so amazing yeah like, you will throws be us back that throws me back to the days our senior year um working together in the call center and you were doing mm-hmm. um i think it was an album for your like senior thesis or yeah. capstone I and i asked you every day study how's it going and you were like not good so <laughs> i'll remind yeah. you of that the day you're on stage Please do, because I think um, that album in particular, too, it it was my first one. Um, That's why I'm so excited to put out what we've been working on now, um, because it's still like 90% me. But working with Mm -hmm. AJ um, as an engineer has like moved everything from I think I think in college um, it was like especially senior year. I think it was like, oh, I have this kind of vision. Um, Let me just kind of throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. and I put out a project that was like good, but not great. Like I'll admit it. Um, I think it was great conceptually. And what's mm-hmm. coming up next is like, really like I'll send you stuff when we're done so you can listen to what we're working on. I'm so excited about it. Yay. That's awesome. Oh my God. I'm so Thanks. happy to hear that. That's really what I, <laughs> that's really what I wanted to know. Um, yeah. I was like, what's going on? Like what's coming up? Like yeah, I'll tell you. Like, I can't wait. I like the days you used to just send me like audio files and I'd listen on the train. I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. Like I would like cry on the blue line on the way home, like listening to like raw (laughs) edits of some of your, for the songs in your first album. So, I mean, I'll just be in my bedroom. Yeah. Oh yes. These are even better. Like those were the good ones. Like, like there are a couple that were like the good ones. These are all the good ones. And so I'm so excited. I can't wait. And also shout um, out to you for being such a hype person this entire time for the record. Like it hasn't gone oh, unnoticed and I love you for that. Always, always. You, I will always be sharing and telling everybody to listen a hundred percent. You're the best. Um, was there like a moment that you knew that this was like what you wanted to do and honestly like who you wanted to be? I feel like your music is such a huge part of who you are and what you put out is it's just you like it's there's nothing that's 
you're like trying to be anything else it is so authentic and so you so like where did or when did it happen for you that you knew that this was like who you were going to be and what you wanted to do daily that is that's a great question um I don't know. It kind of starts with like, I've always had like a complex since I was a kid. Um, and I don't know how it, it formed, but you know, my brother and I were exposed to a lot of different music as, you know, children. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were part of the, you know, the, the like Zeppelin generation and Aerosmith and like my dad waited on Steven Tyler and just like that era, um, you know, 60 year, like 1960s. They're not 60 yet. They'll kill me if they were to listen to this and be <laughs> like, I just called them 60. Hold on to your AARP cards, folks. You got a couple more years. Um, <laughs> basic, basically, uh, I always had this like complex and I just like, I don't, it's weird now because I'm different, different as an adult, um, yeah. but like, I really just wanted attention as a child and I always dreamed of being a rock star. Mm-hmm. So um like I didn't know how I was going to get there or what I was going to do uh but like it was just like always on my mind and that never factored into me producing music I think I was just like seven or eight at that point and it kind of just dwindled Mm -hmm. um and yeah I don't think I ever thought of it seriously I know that I wanted to kind of do music and kind of see what happened um but there wasn't really a point until I don't even know I'm like was there like a takeoff point with like one of your songs or anything that really yeah so that's that's a good point um there was a period i think right after i'm trying to remember if it was after freshman year or after sophomore year i think it was after freshman year um where i had kind of actually let me i'm going to do a quick google search because that'll give me the answer um just because then, all right, let me see. This is the movie came out in 2018. I did a song for a movie called Gringo. Um, okay. What happened before that movie came out uh, was if it's if it's the summer of 2017, which I guess makes sense because I think I kind of went went like super gung ho on everything our sophomore year, which is when we yep. met. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, "This is music," and like I did a bunch of articles, and I was like, "Life is great," blah blah. Yeah. Like things are going exactly where I want, and then uh, I was going to try and grow a business out of it. Um, did not work at all super draining especially if your heart isn't in 100 mm-hmm. percent um so it's post sophomore year it's probably like august and i was just like seriously considering just putting everything to the side and just quitting music forever mm-hmm. um but i was i was like that close and i was literally having a conversation with my mom about this in her like room and i got an email from one of my agents that my song had been placed in a feature film oh my god yeah so that I took as a sign from the universe. Um, I don't quit. Don't give up. Seriously. Yeah. That was, you know, and like, I don't know, I'm, I'm not like a religious person. Like I'm a little bit spiritual, whatever, but like that can't be ignored, man. Right. Like when that came through, I was just like, all right, like I got to stick with this. And then, you know, mm-hmm. things like slowly but surely picked up. Um, and I think just the closer we got to senior year, you know, the more I started playing gigs and things like that, I was like, okay, like maybe this is feasible. The more I started singing on my yeah. own songs. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of what really solidified it because featuring other artists was cool, but I became more of a full artist by just like taking that leap of faith and trusting myself uh, to put together the stuff that I kind of wanted to. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Um, where did Halfon come from? <laughs> 
Have we ever talked? I'm curious. I don't have we th- ever talked about this before? I don't think I know. Like, obviously, I'm asking this question because we're on a podcast. Oh, yeah. But when I was, like, sitting down thinking about this, I could not recall a time we've talked about this. So, I don't well, think I know. Like a, yeah, like a... It used to be like a super closely guarded secret, but it doesn't matter. Um, it started <laughs> off basically as like a gamer tag. I was trying oh, to create okay. something that sounded. This is during the like the Skyrim days, yeah, like way back when. This is probably like twenty, maybe twenty twelve. We must have been like probably freshmen in in high school at that point, not even in college. Um, so like ten years ago, give or take, I was like part of this like group, and we like we played a lot of those kind of like role playing like fantasy games, mm-hmm. like Lord of the Rings type stuff. Because I'm into all that fun shit. Um, it's just another part of my like seventeen point personality. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to create something that sounded like mystical, and I ended up settling on how fun because it sounded like hailstorm like some sort of magic lightning whatever stormy like mm-hmm. bs um and i just kind of merged the words and, and messed around with the, the the letters and that came to be um nobody had used it before so i felt super cool because it was unique but that's how people knew me online so that's mm-hmm. what i eventually started putting music out under um yeah so that was the actual origin of the name and it doesn't exist anywhere else so like we have a trademark hold on it like a bunch of stuff because like it's my brand so it's like kind of the fun part about it is it's not like i'm named john green right (laughs) they're like 17 yeah the business um student marketer in me is so proud of you for trademarking your brand and just owning it thank you I had a lot of help with that. Shout out to the Suffolk Law Clinic. They did, a, yeah. they did a lot of work to getting us there. But I mean, um, that was actually Jenny Dinger was like, you need to get this like covered ASAP. And this was mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Um, and I was like, yep, well, I'm going to go do that. Uh, and now it's like three years later. Uh, and we're super close. It's, it's pending. We'll see yeah. what happens. Stuff like that takes so long. So it does. Well, they rejected yeah. it the first time and I'm not really sure why. <laughs> but it's, it's fine probably because we, they um, can so it's all right nothing gets done on government so it's cool this is true <laughs> all right so i mentioned that how authentic your music is and when you like put music out you're sharing a part of yourself mm-hmm. has any part in doing that been really hard for you um i think it's been it's been an interesting journey because like, first of all, yeah, that's also, it's a great point too. Um, and I'm glad that it, it kind of speaks to being authentic because for mm-hmm. me, like I have such an individuality complex. Um, and I know I was jokingly talking about bringing up the Enneagram earlier, um, but like in a serious sense, like there yeah. is like my type, which is the type that has to achieve, mm-hmm. um, has like this, there's the wing. Cause like the Enneagram is a whole complex, like personality thing. Yeah. And like, this could just be like a bunch of random garbage and this will tie back into the question. Um, but my specific type, which is a three W four has like a big need for authenticity. And mm-hmm. me as a person, like I have like such a like heavy need for being authentic and being an individual and being unique and all this like random stuff, um, which I could attribute to a four wing from my Enneagram. But um, <laughs> the fact that stuff comes across as authentic is really important because I hate when stuff is like fake and artificial. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my biggest issues with a lot of music that's just on the charts. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, there's so much generic stuff pushing like random everything. Like, Hey, nobody cares that you have a Rolex. This doesn't appear appeal to the majority of Americans because you can spend $50,000 or because, you know, you rhyme Paris with whatever. And mm-hmm. just like 
there are artists I can, I have like 17 artists in my head about um, just like, I hate the generic pop garbage that exists these days. So me mm -hmm. writing shit that's more real is super important to me. Now, getting into sharing part of myself, um, I think for a while, honestly, I never really thought about it until I put out a song like mixed emotions where, you know, I had this like huge, like paragraph of like, this is so personal, blah, blah, posted on social media. Um, and then I thought about it because people were like, Oh my God, this is really connecting to me. And mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, it's not as hard for me as it is sort of like, I guess the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's all very like, pensive so like there's a lot of a lot of reflection that goes on to being mm -hmm. like an artist that puts music out there for me it helped develop like a lot of personal identity um, mm -hmm. which was great because it's kind of like a journey I think for a while people were always telling me um, you know like my parents and teachers and family members and all these things like growing up you know people kind of try and tell you who you are yeah. um, and they don't let you figure it out for yourself right mm -hmm. like I know that you are somebody who's super driven driven and like you've probably experienced that before because everybody's telling you what you should do and like how you should act and what you should be um, and for me you know, everybody sees me as this, this like bright bubbly personality, but like the reality is like, I'm not that. And I hate that sort of like description of people always being mm -hmm. like, oh, you're always smiling and blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but like, that's half the story. Like I have, you know, a lot of things that I personally work through and music is an outlet for that. Um, and kind of realizing that I can direct my own shit um, mm -hmm. and kind of like cover my own bases, be my own person. Um, that's been the biggest part that i've gotten out of sort of like the music journey so far that and seeing like how how it's positively impact people um, yeah. i think are, are like important um so like hard not necessarily um it kind of just happened you know yeah. i wasn't trying to like feel seen or anything right. um everything just sort of developed um you segue nicely into my next question about mental health because some of your songs specifically like you said talk about your mental health um you did allude that music in a way has like helped you and having an outlet um yeah so one has like how have you like navigated that process of you know finding that outlet and then also like what is it like sharing that that can be a little bit more tricky and this is something that i know you and i have talked about mm -hmm. like for years and years on end because i think that's that's one of the levels that we one of the many levels that we really relate um to each other i think the best thing about being in our generation sort of like the era that we are is you know there's more of a dialogue around things so it makes mm -hmm. it easier and you're not really seen as somebody you know who's who's trying to be this like polarizing figure someone who's like like secretly like a cry for help or like whatever um I write a lot about that stuff. There are two things I basically write about. And one is heartbreak and one is um, like mental health, which are two things that are just like, as my, my victim complex is like, yeah, man, <laughs> this is my entire existence, bro. Um, for me, uh, I think one of the things that I try to write or one of the reasons why I try to write is because it's, it's a lot of it's for myself and a lot of things, you know, people can say all the time, like, Oh, it's for the people like blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, but they're really inner dialogues. Most yeah. of the songs that I write are, yeah, they're typically inner dialogues. Um, 
discussing shit with myself um and it just happens to be that like a lot of people can connect to that pretty well Mm -hmm. um which i think is great and that's also like the secondary point um the goal is to have something that appeals to people and gives kind of people like a space where they can go around and they can um you know listen to something that's going to give them a little bit i don't want to use the word safe uh, safe space because the connotation um but like I just want to give people room to like feel shit, you know, I feel like mm-hmm. we don't do enough feeling um, oh, even now. Like in, I agree. Right. I yeah. So agree. I yeah. am someone like I um, wholeheartedly believe and she's probably not like on your wavelength necessarily, but there's this author named Glennon Doyle who okay. um, she literally like saved my life. Um, she you, started off as a mom blogger. Mm -hmm. and um ended up writing a memoir which as she's writing you essentially go through this journey with her as she like navigates her same or um her heterosexual uh, marriage and how she's just like Mm -hmm. not happy and not in it and then it ends and she essentially gets divorced or is getting divorced and ends up marrying Abby Wambach which is like so cool because like Abby Wambach is cool as fuck um (laughs) I need to do more research after this so I can read some some more into it. She's awesome. Um, but she essentially just like in her this memoir um, talks about how for so long she had just been like suppressing herself and she'd actually mm-hmm. been um, bulimic and an alcoholic until she got yeah. pregnant and she just like quit everything cold turkey. Um, mm-hmm. And she realized like through the process of getting sober that like, the hardest thing in life is feeling things however it's like the most necessary it's you need to feel every happy moment but then you also need to feel all the pain that comes with life and with being a human and with having friendships and relationships and family members you know like all of these things cause joy and pain and to be a good human you have to go through all of it and experience all of it and not shut it out not ignore it you have to go through it yeah that's a great point and that's gonna that's i'm just gonna use that to move into a story that is like the uh, like the epitome of that um there uh, you know I, for me the ending of senior year um was like the best time of my life probably mm-hmm. uh and you know i was like i was seeing somebody at the time like everything was great we were graduating you know life was good there were all these plans for the future um like a couple months later, like everything collapsed, like relationship. My dad had to leave for business. He was gone for like half a year, like a bunch of things, post-grad crisis. Cause then all of a sudden you're like, well, everything's over. Like what happens now? Four um, months after graduation is perhaps the like worst time in a young person's life. I swear to God. Yeah. I, I totally, totally like a thousand percent feel that um, for me, which is really weird because like 2019 the middle of 2019 to like the middle of 2020 was probably like the hardest year of my life dude it was insane but um one of those moments which is like the holy shit like i feel alive type moment is like Mm -hmm. i went to go see a band called arizona Um, it's a band that i've listened to for ages and they had a song with um 
Avicii on Avicii's posthumous album. He was like a major influence to me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this time, like really wasn't in like a very good, like mental state, anything like really, really, really not in a great place. Mm-hmm. And so I go with Connor, um, my roommate and longtime friend for those who don't know. Um, he just said, hi, by the way, he texted me. So Connor says hi <laughs> Did he? to, to right, Zach well, and Connor... everyone else. <laughs> He's officially the the third guest of the podcast. Second guest? I guess I'm the second guest. Second guest of the podcast. Anyway, mm-hmm. take Connor, because I had tickets, um, to the show. You know, we did some pre-gaming, and, you know, I'm not going to pretend like we didn't go a little bit overboard. Um, but, like, full disclosure, like, I was, I was, I was pretty drunk at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But it goes somewhere that's, like, beneficial, you know. Basically, I had dropped a drink of mine. Um, in the middle of the concert and decided like, all right, cool. That's it. I'm going to like cut myself off. Like we're getting like two thirds of the way through the show. And like, I'm feeling like all sorts of ways, like having a great time Mm -hmm. for the record. They go to the encore Mm -hmm. and they play an acoustic version of the song that they did with Avicii, um, who I don't know if I mentioned this, but has (laughs) since passed a couple of years ago. Um, Holy shit. I just like everything that was going on, like kind of came to the forefront and I Mm -hmm. lost it like very publicly, like I'm sitting there and I'm like in the house of blues and I'm a little bit drunk and I'm just like ugly crying on the floor of the house of blues. Just like, like feeling everything though. The weirdest thing is like, I was like so upset, but like, I was like, holy fuck. Like they're playing the song, everybody's singing. And like, I felt super alive Mm -hmm. and that, is is like goes back to the to the, the text the book you were talking about too is like you got to feel like the good you got to feel the bad you got to yeah. feel everything and like that was crazy that was like a huge moment and that that's just like i kind of realized like i started just sort of letting things be what they are i think a lot of people like mm-hmm. do feel the need that they have to like suppress stuff and you know yeah. like people like don't like to have emotions and it's like okay like why like right. i don't understand why you can't just like shit's not always going to be great it's just not also always going to be bad so it's just right. like i think life is too short for us to just hide from what we're feeling you know i was i was just going to use those exact words like life is too short to hide from it you yes can't like put your head down and not deal with things or not enjoy them when they're there you just need to be present in every single moment no matter like what that moment means or is bringing you because if you don't then you're not like taking full advantage of all that you could have in this life Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's a that's you're totally on the money um that's a, a philosophy that I've taken with me especially you know post well we're not post pandemic yet um but with the way everything's gone in like the past year and a half, you know, just like how much of life has changed, like how many people have died, like all this crazy mm-hmm. shit that's happened. Um, I've taken, and this is, I'm sure this is something else in like the real world, but I've taken a very like open door policy type approach to everything mm-hmm. where as long as it's not like some random dumb shit, like doing like a Coke bender over in Florida for like a week. Mm-hmm. Um, if an opportunity comes, uh, I'm, gonna probably take it so like that's like as like again as long as things are like safe etc like i'm not gonna go to an underground party with like 200 people in new york during a pandemic um 
but if like a couple of people are like hey um like come out and like do xyz or like hey go to this like i went to a heavy metal show with connor like this was before the pandemic started um something that was like way out of my comfort zone like right. i'm doing things like through the pen that i had in my <laughs> hands um i'm just like I'm, I'm like doing stuff like that you know getting out of my comfort zone and just kind of like i said earlier like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks and like yeah. that's how i meet people like aj um Mm-hmm. I did like a charity meals like event. We were feeding the homeless in New York City, oh, that's so cool. uh, helping out my friend Rohan. Yeah, and like this is something I did in Christmas. And I walk up to you know the the line and everything, and immediately pause. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. Like very much in the moment, and I was like, holy shit! I was like, this is like a movie scene. I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know. I should like just go back home, go to bed. Like say I was sick, something like that. I went. Mm-hmm. met a couple friends of mine that are now like super close friends of mine in new york um and like i'm seeing them tomorrow we're doing like a whole photo shoot you know getting content for each of us in this like little studio in new york city there are three of us and i see nice. them on the regular it's just like mm-hmm. all these little doors you know safe and secure obviously but you yeah. know it, yeah it's just opening up paths and i'm just trying to live you know without a lot of regrets yeah, I guess it's so interesting. You mentioned that pause because like the weirdest thing just happened to me. You mentioned it and it instantly brought me back into feeling a similar pause. I felt um, actually in Cambodia, but also mm-hmm. felt like around going. Um, so for those that don't know, I traveled to Cambodia in 2019 for two weeks and visited a school and then built um, a home for a same sex couple um Mm -hmm. with Suffolk and I was terrified to go like and I wasn't like terrified of Cambodia I wasn't terrified of doing the work I wasn't terrified of the experience I was honestly terrified of getting sick of the travel of like what are the things I'm missing like I was responsible for things at that point in time so it's like I'm gonna be away for two weeks like I what are things gonna be like when I get back am I gonna be able to handle them when I get back and it was just all this fear um, that my anxiety eventually subsided and it, and it went away. However, my real point here is we visited a school when we were there in Cambodia and it was just the most impactful 36 hours of my entire life. And I know that mm-hmm. the other 11 people I was with will tell you the exact same thing. And it was just in- incredible and amazing, but we had a drive to the school and we were having these awesome conversations on the way and then we're like pulling up and I remember having this like moment of absolute fear of like I can't do this like I can't get off the bus I cannot like experience like this is not for me I can't do this and it's part partially anxiety it's partially the imposter syndrome um it's partially the way I'm such an empath and like I cry at everything. Like anytime the wind changes directions, <laughs> I cry and I looked over. Yep, I feel it coming. Yep. Five I over it. Cooler. And um, w- one of my closest friends on the trip had started crying. And I, it was just more of like yep. this like realization that I wasn't alone. I could do it. And so I started crying, which was totally fine. Like, again, emotions yeah. are not a problem. Um, but I like totally get your feeling of that fear and needing to recognize it, but then find a way to like push through it. 
yeah, you gotta, you gotta at some point just let it go. Um, because it's just, isn't it weird? And, and here's the thing too. Um, like how many times, I mean, ballpark estimate, how many times would you say like on a weekly basis that that experience comes back to you too? Like, like probably like relatively frequently, right? Yeah, pretty almost. At this point, it's probably less frequent than it was. I would say for the last two years, it was every day. Mm-hmm. And now it's probably like three or four times a week. But like still, it's, that's three. Let's say that's once a day, right? That's still the majority of the week. And it's been crazy to A, think about the fact that that was two years ago. Because whatever, time, yeah. <laughs> time's crazy. a social construct. It doesn't matter. Um but the fact that it's now still two years and like 70% of those days of the week, whatever the math is, I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. I'm a musician. <laughs> um, but you think about it <laughs> so frequently and it's crazy yeah. how like at random points, it'll just inject something into just like what you're thinking. You're like, oh shit, like I have this perspective to do X, Y, Z, or I like saw this and felt this way. So I'm going to act differently with this situation Yeah. because I now have the basis of like, if I do X, Y, Z, it's going to affect somebody in like this way. Yeah. Um, it's yeah it's it's I love that you use the word perspective because I think that that and I'm sure you can agree that that's something that college taught me is um the ability to say yes to everything just gives you so much more literally perspective and understanding Uh, on the next thing that you're going to come across so like taking opportunities taking chances whenever you get them is something that everyone should be doing um, because if not you're going to stay where you are you're never going to learn anything new even if it's something that ends up as a failure um, it's only going to serve you well that's that's where I'm at and I have a follow-up question to that in a second but that's why I decided to go like I guess balls to the wall of music Mm because I didn't want to get to the point where you know I could have gone into consulting and could have just grinded my life out for 10 years made a shit ton of money and then burned out and yeah I just don't want to get to the point where I woke up you know and this this is me personally everybody's situation is unique too Um, and whatever people decide to do is your own life and your own path but I personally didn't want to get to the point where I woke up and I was like 35 and I was like what would have happened if I had done that you know Like, is there ever like a quote or like a general life saying that you like have on your mind, like pretty frequently that kind of like guides shit for you? I know that's an out of there question. Um, um, I have a few. Um, one, it's actually above my wall and it's called you are stronger than you think. Um, nice. And then this goes along with another one that says you are loved. Um, and mm-hmm. that goes back to my imposter syndrome and also just like fear from my childhood of like never being enough and never being loved. Yep. So like... Yep. Um, I've like, will seek out those things of like situations yeah. where I feel emotions of love, even if it's not towards me, like I love a rom-com because it means there's love in the yeah. air, you know, like things are happening or, um, like situations that remind me that I have accomplished something, remind me that mm-hmm. I am stronger and I can do the things today that I find really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a great point. That does bring me back to the enneagram, though, because like, mm-hmm. do you remember what you were when you took uh, the test? I'm gonna you look it up right now because I have it written down. Um, I'm a type yeah. two, which is self preservation, but I don't know my that wing, makes, so that I'll have makes to take so much. That's, honestly, your wings could go either way, um, because oh, I guess two does make sense. It's yeah, twos are are very like 
it's it's twos are a very like love related type about like mm -hmm. needing to be needed etc and like yeah. finding security and love um but the interesting thing, thing about the wings is like they're adjacent to your type right so you could be like a wing three which is the achievers that's what my primary type is and mm -hmm. there's type one which is the perfectionist and usually I think people a will have one. a mix of both you're yeah. probably like a 2w1 yeah um, i think so but man it makes so much sense though um especially because you know what your subtype is and self-preservation mm -hmm. is like all of that kind of thing um there will be a day like we'll give it like a year because like other people need their own airtime but like at some point like we'll sit down and we'll talk about the enneagram specifically because it's so useful for everything like how the myers-briggs is applicable to like business environments personal mm -hmm. environments like everything the enneagram is based off of like a missed child's message so interesting like i didn't even know yeah, that is there traumas, missed messages wow yikes i should definitely take it again because i have like <laughs> recently been discovering more of my um childhood traumas and certain things especially as i like kind of prepare for a phase of life that's like setting me up for mm -hmm. my own like family situation and yeah, like like more adulthood essentially it's not it's no longer yeah, just you know, me that I'm thinking about and there's so many things yes. that I'm realizing that I'm like wow like I didn't realize that certain like some of these things affect me so deeply um that existed in my house and I never thought of them and never investigated them um but the interesting thing is is I've done a ton of that for like both my parents like basically anytime yeah. I'm home my mom and I will like sit and have like hour-long conversations and dive like deep into my grandparents and my aunts and uncles and like extended family members and I'm like oh wow this is why like she's like this because this happened to her back like all this sort of stuff so I do it to others yeah. but I haven't I haven't done it to myself yet all the you know what and there's so many things and I was in therapy for like a year um during that shitty year um mm -hmm. figuring out so many different bits and pieces that I was like all of this makes so much sense and yeah. this is why like my response to xyz is this mm -hmm. um it's just like that's one of the reasons why I think I like the Enneagram is for people like us who have a lot of sort of like I, I don't and the word isn't baggage for the record I'm not going to throw that out there because it's one of the words that I hate people mm -hmm. who have had like very distinct experiences um, that kind of like you know shape how you develop um, the Enneagram is great because you can acknowledge everything and figure out how to grow past this you know understand yeah. what your tendencies are um and sort of like what's that sort of missing thing um, that's why it's great but it's also the fact that you're doing that is those are just like great steps mm -hmm. um it's just like ugh, it's, that's, i just ugh, I, I find like self-reflection and just like inflection so important like you need to understand yourself. You need to understand like how things make you feel, why things are sometimes hard. Um, yeah. Like there's so many ways to do it, but truly understanding yourself and where you come from and why certain things affect you is just so massively important. I also learned that in therapy. So. Yeah, there you go. Cheers and I think therapy. that's like, just therapy. Um, I think that goes a lot to self-actualization as well as becoming it's not even about becoming the best version of yourself because i think that's subjective you know mm -hmm. um but the more that you acknowledge things and this goes back to feeling stuff and just like working to better existences um the more you kind of explore the past you know i mean history is doomed to repeat itself right but if you acknowledge enough shit uh, i think that's going to leave anybody in a better position to deal with what happens tomorrow 
mm-hmm. um, and kind of just like move forward from everything. Um, yeah, it's that's one of the things. Oh yeah, um, the reason why I brought all that up, to, <laughs> um, side tangent, is there is one oh, thing yeah. that connects to sort of like everything. The central theme, uh, the quote that I always think about is mm-hmm. youth is wasted on the young right yeah so everything going back to like opening the doors of whatever like trying new shit out um you know acknowledging emotions etc you know learning about your past self um i think that my big goal is to just not waste you know the years because i know that's right you know 100 mm-hmm. we're gonna get to the point where we're like we're like 40 you know balling out living our lives Hopefully. um but <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but we'll look back on it and we'll be like, wait a second. Like, did I take full advantage of my time? And that's what's kind of lead, that's what's led me here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, I just don't want to waste the years that, you know, as, as they say on Twitter, I don't want to waste my hot years, you know? Yeah. Like, there's so much good shit to be had. And, um, at least the best thing about the pandemic, you know, a lot of, a lot of shitty things have happened, but it has led to a ton of self-reflection for, I think, yeah. a lot of people, especially and you and I, again, we, we were, this was going to happen to us no matter what. Um, exactly. But even with the pandemic, I think there are still ways that you can, and by you, I mean, like anyone can, mm-hmm. you know, do the things that they want to do and not waste any right. of their time and can, find ways to make themselves happier to better their own lives and that of course I mean everybody has different circumstances so not to say that like if you're struggling then you like shouldn't be working your job to you know right make your ends meet but um you know if you have the means to do what you want to do then there really shouldn't be anything holding you back yeah there are a lot of pieces that is just like I don't know where I answered this question but recently um, it was talking about like little individual self-care moments. Someone was like, what's one small self-care thing you do? And I was like, I order myself food. I love like, that. Yeah. If anything, like, oh, fuck. Okay. What? Like, okay. I could go and spend $150 on a massage or something like that. Or I could go out on like a shopping spree and fill the void with like material items. Mm-hmm. Or I could have some random dude make me like lo mein or like shawarma or something. And like, I could I have it. it delivered and I could, yeah. I love that. I think I'm going to treat myself to um, uh, Momo tonight. <laughs> Do it. Oh, yes. I, I was going to say either Royals or Momos. Apparently Royals. I think Royals. It, oh, they are? Yeah. Dev said he oh, had wow. it the other day. Dev was my other roommate. For, for I got to go back Momo. over but there. We like, live next there. Yes. That's we definitely so get Momos. Exciting. Yeah. So exciting. I think just hashtag treat yourself. Nothing makes people happier than food, dude. Like, come on. It's the best. Like, it's my go-to. <laughs> Um, okay, so before we wrap up, you kind of led me into uh, my first hard-hitting question for you, and I purposely did not give these to you because I like putting them I, on the spot. Thanks. I was going to say, too, I literally have a note here on the hard-hitting questions that literally said, I love how you left these blank because I knew that you were going to do something like that, so I wouldn't have anything prepared. I'm ready yeah. for it. I feel like Other I'm people I gave them to, but, you know, you, you can <laughs> handle it. It's, it um, makes me feel special, and I like to feel special. So you are. let's go. <laughs> oh. Um, the first question is: What would you do if fear weren't a factor and you could not fail? Oh, jeez. Pro. <laughs> do you want to? How honest of an answer do you want? The most honest. I'd probably like rob a bank or some shit. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, I think like I I always joke about that a lot because when I was leaving, mm -hmm. I was talking to when I was leaving Mass, I was talking to some friends, and I was just like, "Was like, can we do anything?" They're like, "Whatever you want." I'm like, "Whatever I want," because like <laughs> I'm gonna rob a bank, or like I don't know. I kind of would want the the possibility, like a low chance of failure thing, just for like you know a little bit of like the the fight or really? flight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would probably <laughs> probably rob a bank because like I could say, oh, I'm going to do music, but like I'm kind of doing that anyway. Like I yeah. may fail, but you know, if we're just taking everything out, yeah, I'm or maybe like give myself superpowers, build myself an Iron Man suit. I don't know. I want to oh, do some shit fun. where like if I can fail, yeah, you know, like those real life enhancements. Um. So this wasn't one of my questions, but now I want to know. Um. If you had to pick any superpower, what would it be? That's a great question i probably like this is not original but i just want like probably all the powers the flash has so he's got like super speed and like super he uh, healing and all oh, that so shit so or you just you want to be a superhero you don't want one power yeah i just like maybe it, okay. yeah because like i'd also just say so the same answer. thing about spider-man mm -hmm. yeah i'd love to be like real life spider-man you know mm -hmm. like that's the shit to me that like i always watch that stuff and like i'm a very like well you know because you're you're like an empath type um like you can like very much resonate with things and like see like these different worlds and you're like i want that like give me like yeah. harry potter like let me be in that world i can absorb it and feel it and like really mm -hmm. connect to that shit like either real life spider-man or real life flash okay fair final fair. answer <laughs> wait what um, wait, wait 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 important question we need to circle back though what about you <laughs> um this is hard. I, this one used to be the ability to read minds because I was mm -hmm. so like stressed and insecure. Um, I no longer <laughs> care what people think. So I'm like, whatever, do whatever you want to do. We love that personal growth. Yes. Um, I think it would honestly have to be teleportation mm -hmm. because I just get like the itch to go somewhere and yeah. I like don't want to like take the time like I would love to just like be able to live a little farther than the city but still work in the area so like yeah that's not fair. have to sit like, in two hours of traffic or I would love to like go visit my grandparents but like I don't want to like travel I just kind of want to have dinner with them you know that type of thing you know yeah yeah go like, wherever I want whenever you stay I want over. I can't I gotta teleport back home sorry okay. um this one's a little bit heavier. What was your biggest failure? Oh, that's a great question. Um, what was my biggest failure? Is it weird that nothing comes to mind? No. Like, I honestly haven't felt like I've really... I'm going to... Hang on. I'm going to think about that for, like, two seconds. Because, <laughs> like, wanna... I want to give an answer. Do you want me to ask my next question? yeah because i don't know if i'll be able to come up with i don't know if yeah okay um Do you have an idea is this something i've said to you before that could come across no i definitely show? don't have an idea for you no, that'd be, that <laughs> would be like, mean. okay i would no i was like your existence is your biggest failure <laughs> oh shit <laughs> definitely not um okay the last question is what do you want out of your 20s I can tell you what I, I had a feeling you're going to ask me, like, how would I have known when I made it? And that's a that's... super similar question. Mm -hmm. I could go the material route. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I want to say like a good time, but there's one thing to me that's like the epitome of success. Obviously, mm-hmm. like everybody wants to say, oh, blah, 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 like whatever. Like I, I would love a penthouse. <laughs> that sounds so bougie. No, um, it's With perfect. like a nice view in Manhattan. Yeah, you know, but there's one thing that I want out of the 20s, out of my 20s. Well, mm-hmm. it is the 20s. It's both. It's synonymous. Yeah. Um, being 20 in the 20s. First of all, give me Roaring 20s too. I want that shit. I mean, especially after, after, yeah, you know, after the pandemic, it's going to be absolutely going to be even crazier than after, um, you know, the great depression and no alcohol, like everything rolled into one. Um, there is one thing that I want to get out of the next couple of years, I guess, more than anything. There's a particular type of dog that I am absolutely just married to. And it's the Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. They have my absolute heart. I love them more than anything else. And like what I want out of my 20s is I just want the, I want to be able to get one of those and just mm-hmm. be able to spend 24 seven with this dog. So that's, you know, I've gotten the career that I want where I can work from a home, which is, I got a lot of people are like, why would you want that? But like, as a musician, like fully self-sustaining, I'd love to have mm-hmm. that in a couple of years. Um, not even monetarily just for, I mean, yes, duh, but just like the freedom and flexibility. Yeah. You know? And one of those things to me is it's, it's personified or it's symbolized, whatever I, for someone who writes words, I'm very bad with them. Um <laughs> The, the Cavalier King Charles, that, that Cavalier is a very, very huge object in my mind. It's something that I want so badly. And I know that I'll have done what I want when I'm able to get that and just like spend all of my time with this animal. Like, yep. yeah, I, you know, I can say the generic things that everybody wants, like, oh yeah, I'd love to find love and do this and do that. But um, like the only things that I really like need right now it's just just that dog mm-hmm. like that's fair. what i've had my sight set on yeah totally fair have I'm you thought of a failure thing I'm, I'm trying to think of a failure um i don't th- i just feel like it's not even a failure i just feel like there are points where if i were to go back and do things differently i really wouldn't change a lot mm-hmm. um like i enjoyed our college experience i've obviously made great friends you being one of them um there are things that I wish I had done a little bit differently and I wish I had taken like a, a few more risks. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, I don't know if I buy into the everything happens for a reason thing, mm-hmm. but I've never, I don't mean to sound like a little like privileged piece of shit either, but like, I don't really think I've faced like a major failure. And if it, if I have, it's just something that I can always like still walk away from and just yeah. move on, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah it goes back to the i just i just take things like i said i throw shit at the wall and see what sticks and you know i have like a general plan but you know like the podcast things kind of seem to work out without as much structure as we as we thought they would yeah um yeah all right try not to get super existential here (laughs) anyway no i love it that's amazing like honestly these were amazing answers thank you so much yeah i'm glad you think so because i'm just sitting here like damn like he really spent five minutes talking about a dog and i'm like yes that's it's the okay. most authentic thing it's all i want it's totally fair honestly i bet everyone will identify with that i'm still gonna be thinking about this failure thing and i'm gonna text you if i ever think of something let me and know. i'm gonna be like oh shit i will i'll let you know what it is okay and then perfect. there's like an ad endum at the end <laughs> amazing
Well, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me.